Jones, how are you? And guys, good to see everybody. You're looking great. I feel the estrogen it's pouring through my body. Hey, what an honor to be able to do the closing session for Chosen, and also a little intimidating, all of the great speakers you've had all day and the last night, amazing, amazing people. So it's really a privilege, even though this is our house, in order to get up and, and close it. You know, a man walked into a fortune teller's house, and he paid her money to read his palm. She said, I see many things. And he said, like what? She said, well, you're going to be poor and unhappy till you're 45. He said, well, what's going to happen after I'm 45? She said, you'll get used to it. <laughs> Blessed is the man who expects nothing, for he shall receive it. Well, I hope, because of these few days together and with this incredible array of speakers, your expectation is going higher. Now, you will not settle for where you are, but where you want to go and where God wants you to be. There are three people in life. There are quitters, there are campers, and there are climbers. You know, campers go so far and then quit. Climbers go all the way. They have setbacks. They need rest occasionally, but they are committed to the climb. And so don't you even think about stopping and camping you get on with the climb until you achieve what God promised you can have, you can be, or you can accomplish. Well, tonight I want to ask you a question. Who are you? Now, I know you might remind me of your mother or your father, but that's not who you really are. Who do you let define you? Past failure? Sin? what someone said, something stupid you did a long time ago? Are you going to allow a group of people to define who you are? Or will you let God define who you are? Because your authority is linked to your identity. And if you don't know who you are, other people will try to tell you who you are. So I hope I don't have a whole lot of gifts, but I know who the heck I am, and I won't let any bunch of people, white, black, Hispanic, Republican, Tea Party, Democrat, Baptist, Episcopal, Charismatic, Pentecostal, Holiness, you're not going to define me. I'm going to walk as an original, not a copy. You are an original. Every person in this room, if two of us are identical, one of us is not necessary. So God loves diversity, not division, diversity. You are unique to your purpose. You know, you can have an ice cream scoop or a teaspoon. They're both spoons, but they serve different purposes, so they're shaped different. Uh, I'm a jet jockey and a pilot, and I love the stealth fighter. It's weird. It's Batman-looking. It's strange. It won't go supersonic. It can't carry a big load. But it's not designed to. It's designed to sneak in, unseen by radar, and put your lights out. So, every one of you has been uniquely designed for the purpose God's already pre-originated before you even got here. He told Jeremiah before the sperm hit the egg, I knew you, called you by name, and ordained you as a voice to the nations. So I'm, I don't have to invent my purpose, I just discover it. 
But we always want to compare ourselves to other people, and that's not my purpose. You're even children in your own family that came down the same pipeline, came out of the same body, you're thinking, Lord, somebody switched on me. But no, they're different because their purpose is different. You're exactly the right person for your purpose. But if you try to fit anybody else's, you're going to get a spiritual hernia, and you're going to always be frustrated. Well, I'm going to start in Job 22, verse 28. And I want to talk to you about the power of I am. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your way. The Message Bible says, you will decide what you want, and it will happen. Your light will be bathed in light. <clears throat> the Amplified Bible, same verse. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, <clears throat> and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. So from those verses, we can say three things. I decree it. God establishes it. I walk in favor. Words have immense power, and the Christian faith is a speaking faith. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Or we could go over to Joel, uh, uh, to Joel and he says, let the, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the sick say, I am well. It's a speaking faith. And until you decree something, God can't establish it. So you've got to keep speaking what God's Word declares until you see that manifestation. Now the most powerful opinion you hold tonight is the opinion you have of yourself. I wonder what it is. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 and 10, St. Paul says, I'm the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace towards me was not in vain. What a statement. By the grace of God, not by my merit or any work, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I am means you know who you are. It means you have a robust sense of self-awareness. When you say, I am, you eliminate confusion and uncertainty from your life. When you say, I am, you blow away the fog of doubt indecision, hesitation, ambiguity, and insecurity from your life. I mean, you blow open the door when you say, I am. There is some authority in that statement. Now, there's a confidence and there's a finality when you say, I am. You're telling other people, other gangs, other groups, other races, you can call me what you like, but I am what I am by the grace of God. My situation, my circumstances might change for the moment. I may face overwhelming circumstances. Doesn't change what God said. I still am what I am. I may not have a job at the moment, but I am what I am. I may drive in a run-down cheap car at the moment, 
but I still am what I am. That car doesn't make me what I am. That zip code doesn't make me what I am. The square footage in that house, that designer purse does not make me what I am. God makes me what I am, and I am what I am by the grace of God if I'm in a T-shirt and barefooted. You got to know that because there may be a few days you are barefooted and in a T-shirt. Everything that holds you back in life Everything that restricts and limits you will always find its root in a lie about your identity. Everything that pins you down, everything that keeps you from moving forward, everything that confines you is a distortion about your true identity. Now, as a believer, you're going to get a lot of attacks from the enemy, and you're going to face those attacks on many fronts. But the greatest assault against the child of God is always going to be in the area of your identity, who you are. And see, this conference is called Chosen to Be You, the unique you God made you to be. When Satan came to deceive Eve in the Garden of Eden, first thing he attacks, her identity. In Genesis 3, he told her if she would eat the forbidden fruit, she'd be like God. But Scripture says she and Adam were created in the image of God after his likeness. They're already like God. But Satan was accusing her by saying, oh, you're not really who you are. And the enemy will tell you the same thing. He undermined her identity. And you discover that that's when you become vulnerable and open to suggestions from the enemy as soon as you embrace any doubt or lie <clears throat> about who God has declared you to be. By the grace of God, I am what I am. When the devil came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, what did he attack? His identity. He said, if you are the Son of God. Hey, he's already the Son of God. He didn't have to prove anything. A few days earlier, God the Father spoke audibly from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So if you are not careful, you'll open yourself to the attack of the enemy when you listen to what he has to say or others have to say, and he speaks through others. You will be subject to what they say about your identity. So the enemy will throw circumstances your way that will cast doubt on who you really are. You said, well, if I am what God says I am, and this is happening to me, maybe I'm not who God says I am. See, here we go. Those circumstances do not define you. If God said you're going to have a baby at 90, paint the room pink or black and get you some uh, bassinet, you're going to have a baby. I don't care what the medical science says. God said and if God said you're 100 and you're going to have a kid, smile. <laughs> Things are looking good. So the enemy will try to make you doubt who you really are, because the enemy is afraid of what you might do, what you might become if you ever discover who you really are in Christ. And he doesn't want that to happen. And that's why when God wants to use anyone, he first gives them a revelation of who they are. So he walks up to a coward named Gideon, hiding from the Midianites, and he says, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Now, folks, that's funny. 
as cable guy says, I don't care who you are, that's funny, because there's nothing heroic or valiant going on in Gideon's life. I'm with you, almighty man of valor. And Gideon's already chirping off. You can hear him say, well, I, I come from the smallest tribe in Israel, and I'm the least in my family, and I didn't get a GED, and I've been divorced twice, and I had an abortion, and I worked as an escort, and I, and I, shut up. That's not who you are. That's just a disguise you wear in at the moment, but that's not the real you. That's not the you God sees. And when God speaks to you, He speaks to who He sees you to be and where you're going, not where you are at the moment. <clears throat> so he looks like a, a, a pretty crummy, zero wimp of a guy hiding here. But God sees a whole lot more to Gideon than he sees. Obviously, God sees more in Gideon than Gideon sees in himself. And you got to believe that's true about you. He sees and believes more about you than you believe about yourself. Now, I said earlier, your authority is connected to your identity. You cannot walk in the full authority of who you are until you discover who you really are. Without that revelation, you'll draw back. You're easily intimidated. You're fearful. You're vulnerable to anything the world or the enemy throws at you. You'll stay passive. You'll stay, well, who am I? I who am I to do this? Who am I to accept that role? Well, I, I, God can use somebody else. Uh, Moses says, you know, you, I stutter. I have slow of speech. I've got a murder warrant against me. You, you can't use me. I'm not qualified. You know, we talk a whole lot. If we could just turn that into saying what God says about us, we'd be bad to the bone. But I mean, this, that Moses says, I'm slow of speech, but the dude was real fast on excuses. Boom, 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 boom. Why I can't, why I won't. And the enemy will intimidate you. John Wimber taught me many, many years ago, when you walk into a hospital, you're on the enemy's turf. And when you walk in, you better suit up and stand up and show up and know who you are because you're walking on enemy territory. And when people are in a panic and a crisis and it's a catastrophic disease or a moment of crisis and life is at stake and you walk in to pray, you better not walk in intimidated and fearful. You walk in carrying the full armor of God, the knowledge that I'm His appointed ambassador. I can bind and loose. I have delegated authority as His representative on earth. Come on, make my day. I'm coming into this room, and I'm going to bring peace, and I'm going to bring order, and I'm going to pray for healing and a reversal, and I'm going to stand against death. And I've never walked into a hospital room. I didn't carry that authority. And it's not because of what I wear or, or a title or age or a diploma or a college degree, it's because God said that's who you are. And if I've made you a priest and a king, walk like it, act like it, talk like it. I don't care if you're 90 pounds in pantyhose, walk like it. That's who you are in the spirit anyway. Well, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Sorry for preaching, but I do have a license. All right, anyway. People that are passive and compliant don't know who they are. They just get pushed around. They, they balk when somebody says no. They just take no for an answer. They're just easily defeated. They quit. They give up on their dreams. They're, well, I, they'll never give me that loan. Well, I'll never get that scholarship. Well, that college won't accept me. People are defeated before they do a darn thing. And that just ticks me off. 
Can't even get a guy to ask a girl for coffee in the shop. He's afraid she's going to say no. He got nothing going right now. All she could say is no. She got no anyway. Ask the girl. She might even be desperate. Ask her. Say, yeah. Shoot. What did Jesus say? You got nothing because you asked not. So ask. That's a Bible principle, man. Step up, speak up, ask. And when you ask, ask big. <clears throat> Shoot, yeah. Nothing in the Bible says, well, don't dream too big. Don't ask God too big. The only time Israel was rebuked by God was for asking too small, too little. It just ticked off this awesome God who can do it. Can't you challenge me with something better than that? Call on me. I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things you know not, but ask me. Well, don't go ask your hairdresser. Ask God, okay? <laughs> ask the right person. In Acts 19, you know the story if you come to church much, the seven sons of Siva, a Jewish high priest. These seven boys go up to a man who's got a demon, and they said, in the name of Jesus, who Kelly preaches, we command you to come out. They had heard her. And the demon said, well, Jesus we know, Kelly we know, but who are you? Didn't get your CD of the month, didn't get your newsletter, <coughs> didn't see you on Facebook. See, the demon was challenging their authority to cast him out because he knew these boys didn't have a clue who they were. And so because they didn't, instead of seven men casting out one demon, one demon casts out seven men, beat the daylights out of them, tore off their clothes. Verse 16 says they fled naked and wounded. So again, let me ask you, do you know who you are? Because if you're going to achieve anything significant for God in life, you got to answer that question, who am I? Who are you? And though you might not be asked that question verbally by anybody, it'll come to you through a crisis or circumstances in your life or even an opportunity. You, oh, I, oh I, I, I'm not qualified for that. I couldn't accept that. I probably would fail. I wouldn't do really good. See, you're, you're being challenged because you don't know who you are. Well, when an opportunity is given, you step up. And I love Richard Branson, uh, the English entrepreneur who said, even if you don't know how to do it, you say, yeah, take the job. I'll learn. I'll learn. I'll figure out how to do it. If somebody offers you a ride on a rocket ship, don't ask what seat. Get on. Yeah. So even, even through an opportunity, you're going to be challenged about your identity. Unfortunately, most people, listen, this is true in America, most people get their identity from their background, experiences, achievements, or lack of them, or from what they possess, what they drive, what their title may be, the zip code they live in, how hot they look. And the sad part is, if you remove any of those things, now they've got an identity crisis. Their self-esteem comes into question. So many people look to other people to tell them who they are. But if you allow others to tell you who you are, you're always going to come up short for a number of reasons. First, people will always be confused about who you really are. 
They didn't make you. They don't really know you. They only know one aspect about you to which they've been exposed. You can live or work with somebody a long time and not really know them. So people will define you based on their own perception of you or what they've heard about you. In Matthew 16, Jesus said to the disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, they had all kinds of answers, from John the Baptist to Elijah or Jeremiah. People were trying to define him by how they each perceived him or what they read in the media or on some blog. Somebody can meet you on Monday, you're very nice, so they will define you as nice. Or maybe you could say something a bit harsh in a discussion, and they would define you as mean. Or they will define you based on what somebody else said about you, and that they've never ever met you. They don't know you. People will always be confused about you. Tell, tell your friend, if you're sitting with a friend, you don't know me. Come on, tell them, you don't know me. <laughs> Another reason you don't want people to define you, people will always underestimate you. People will define you based on your past, what they know about you, or what you've achieved. But they don't realize that what's inside of you is much more than what they've seen you do so far. What you're capable of is much larger than what you've already done. See? Don't let people underestimate you. Nobody suspected Mary, <clears throat> a teenager living in a rundown truck stop called Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth, one of the disciples said? <coughs> She's carrying the Son of God. She's not even wearing pantyhose. Imagine. She's not even the daughter of one of the priests near a temple. Nobody had a clue. Nobody expected Gideon to become a courageous warrior, a valiant leader of a nation, but he did. Nobody thought Rahab, a high-dollar escort, could be a vessel for God while she's swinging on that pole, but she did become that. Well, some of you self-righteous women don't know. You don't know what God can do. Nobody saw much potential in a stuttering Moses. People don't know what you're carrying either. Even maybe your parents don't know what you're carrying. You know, they underestimate you. And third, people are kind of fickle. They change their mind so quick. Today they like you, tomorrow they hate you. They said of Jesus, Hosanna, next day, crucify him. So if you give people the power to validate you, you give them the power to cancel you. If you give them the power to set you up, you just gave them the power to tear you down. When Peter told Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, you got that as a revelation from my heavenly Father, not from flesh and blood. Ah, that means your true identity can only come from one source, and that's your Maker, your heavenly Father. So if you want to know who you really are, you need to listen to God's Word about you, not somebody's opinion about you. No wonder Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. So if you want to answer the question, who are you, <clears throat> without mentioning your title, famous people you know, your position, your neighborhood, your job description, how much you make, what kind of house you live in, car you drive. You need to spend time in God's Word and let Him tell you who you really are. That's going to reveal your true identity. It will pull you beyond your circumstances and introduce you to the real you.
See, your real identity has no bearing on your race or your background or your gender or your childhood or your family or your birth heritage. Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, I called you by name, and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. That means my real identity is not really even on my birth certificate. Before the doctor filled out the birth certificate, God said, I know you, and I've already ordained a purpose for you. And if you'll come give your heart and life to me, I'll reveal that purpose of why I made you like I made you. And when you find that out, you're going to be in sync with life, and you're not going to be easily intimidated or shaken by anything or anybody. You know, there's, what, 7.2 billion people on earth? You're going to let one or two people ruin your life because they don't like you? I don't think so. And for some of you tonight, your reality is far from where you really are in God. He sees you a lot different. There's a you in the mind of God different than the you we may see tonight. Isaiah 62, verse 2, you shall be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will name. Who's going to give me that name? He is. It won't be divorcee, failure, promiscuous, drug addict, alcoholic, former prisoner. Uh, It's not going to come from those sources. It's going to come from God who's going to define who you are. See, only God knows what name to call you. God who knows all things past, present, and future says, I know everything about you. I know your beginning. I know your end. Others call you a name based on their limited knowledge of you. God calls you a name based on your future. Say with me tonight, everybody, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I am who God declares me to be. Good. So the day I can say I am is the day I can start to walk in the fullness of my God-given authority, and that's why the enemy doesn't want you to know who you are. He only wants you to focus on who you were. Then he keeps you intimidated, ashamed, and afraid. Listen to Paul write in Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So if you're in Christ Jesus, your old self, your past, who you were, is dead. It's already been crucified. Christians become new people. They're not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. Our calendars are dated, divided into B.C. and A.D. B.C. is before Christ. A.D., Anno Dominion, is the year of the Lord. And your life and mine can be divided into B.C., and A.D. Before Christ, I was an enemy of God, angry, boastful, lustful, bitter, profane, timid, greedy, proud, selfish. But thank God, I no longer live in my B.C. years. You've crossed over into your A.D. life. Since you have given your life to Christ, everything has come under the dominion of Him because I'm not the same person I was. I'm a new creation. I am no longer in the image of my father or mother or any other ancestral influence. That's why you have no excuse to be a drunk because your father was. That's why you've got to step saying, well, everybody in my family has a hot temper. Hey, you're a brand new creation. You're not subject to those influences anymore. The Bible says Christ has redeemed me from the curse 
having been made a curse for me, that the blessings of Abraham may. So whatever curse runs in my genetic family, be it emotional or medical or whatever it may be, habit or employment, those are the, well, Uncle Joe's had 14 jobs, he can't hold his job, or uh, Aunt Sarah's been a drug addict, and all these things run in families. That curse has been broken now in Christ, so it has no legal right of dominion over your life. I don't have to be like my father and my mother. Yeah, God used their DNA, but spiritually I've got new DNA in me through the blood of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm begotten of God. The wicked one touches me not. And as soon as I know who I am, I realize then divorce stops with me. It may be in your family, it may have been before Jesus, but now it stops. Now all I'm going to bequeath to my children is blessing, not a curse. I'm not going to pass on uh, spousal abuse or child abuse. That ends at the cross with me, and it ends with you. Nothing has a right to have dominion over you that's under the feet of Jesus if you are in Christ. You're a new creation. Tell somebody, I'm a new creation. Come on. So when you're asked, who are you, learn to answer with God's Word. Romans 3.24, I am justified. Justified, never sinned. Romans 8.1, I am not condemned. You got to go to church for that. <clears throat> Romans 8.2, I am free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.37, I am more than a conqueror. 2 Corinthians 1.21, I am established and anointed. Ephesians 2.10, I am the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 2.5, I'm a living stone in the house of God. 1 Peter 2.9, I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. I am and you are everything God says I am in this new creation man. I am clean because He cleansed me. I am pure because He purified me. I am forgiven because He forgave me. I am righteous because He made me righteous. I am strong because He strengthens me. I am victorious because He gives me victory. I am free because He set me free. Say with me tonight, by the grace of God, I am what I am. In Exodus 3, Moses has an encounter with a burning bush. God told Moses, I want you to deliver the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. Moses argued, the people are going to want to know who sent me. What's your name? They'll want to define you. They will ask me, what is the name of the God who sent you, Moses? And God told Moses, you tell them, I am sent you. I am who I am. That's my name, Moses. I am Yahweh. It means I will be whatever I will be. Whatever my people need me to be, I will be that for them. God refuses to be limited to one description. He is unlimited. He is indefinable. He's uncontainable. He is unlimited. So God declares His name as I am, not I was, not I will be, not I will become. No, no. I am. He is without beginning or end. He is I am. God's name is His power, His essence, His nature, and His character. So if God's people can know His name, they can know Him. In disclosing His name, He's making Himself known to you. That's why Jesus returned to heaven and left us His name. He said, whatever you ask in My name, not Buddha's name, not Muhammad's name, 
in my name, I'll do it. Jesus would say, I am, declaring to be Yahweh. Drive the Pharisees crazy. They knew exactly what he meant, and they wanted to stone him. He was claiming equality with the Father. John 8, 15, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I satisfy, I nourish, I sustain. He said, I'm the light of the world. I can illuminate the darkness in your soul. He said, I am the door, the vital opening for others to enter in. He said, I am the good shepherd, meaning I care, I guide, I lead, and I defend. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, meaning I am the new beginning after a bad ending. When everybody says it's over, I'm the one who decrees, oh no, it just started. He said, I'm the joy of the morning after the whipping of a long night. He said, I am the way, the path that leads to truth, satisfaction, and fulfillment. He said, I am the true vine, meaning I am the true resource, I sustain, I nourish, and I nurture. He said, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I am He who lives and was dead, and am alive forevermore. He's the root of David. He's the bright and morning star. And what's Jesus saying with all these I am declarations? He's saying, because I am, you are in me. Everything He is, I am in Christ. The Bible says, I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means I inherit everything that God is and everything that God has. So who are you tonight? Let me recite my I am alphabet. I did this about 10 years ago. All I'm doing is just taking scriptures. I am accepted in the beloved. I am able. I am adopted. I am alive in Christ. I am the apple of his eye. I am engraved on the palm of his hand. I am kept by the power of God. I am above and not beneath. I am Abraham's seed. I am born again. I am betrothed to my bridegroom. I am blameless. I am blessed and highly favored. I am redeemed by Christ's blood. I am called, chosen, cared for, changed into his likeness. I am a child of the king. I am a conqueror. I'm a priest and a king. I am created in his image. I am crucified with him. I am delivered. I am a disciple. I'm a brother to Christ Jesus. I'm a fellow servant. I am fruitful. I'm forgiven. I'm a friend. I am free. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. I am holy. I am healed. I am healthy. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm a recipient of Abraham's blessings through Christ. I am prosperous. I am faithful. I am happy. I'm a king's kid. I am loved. I'm a living stone. I am ruling and reigning in Christ Jesus. I am transformed. I am a treasure. I am triumphant. I'm a visionary. I'm creative. I'm considerate. I am wise. I am a warrior. I am the workmanship of God. I am a son of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. How about a shout of praise tonight? So don't you ever be in doubt about who you are. Remember, 
you decree it, God will establish it. You walk in favor. If you're fighting disease in your body, what do you decree? I am healed. If you're broke and disgusted, what do you decree? I am fruitful. I am prosperous. If you're struggling with a sinful habit, what do you decree? You say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If you have anger problems, what do you decree? I am patient. I am kind. I have self-control. If you're believing God for a child, what do you decree? I am fruitful. I multiply. If you struggle with rejection, what do you decree? I am accepted in the Beloved, and He will in no way cast me out. If you can't hold a job or a relationship, what do you decree? I am rooted and grounded and established in Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight the question is, these promises are for all those who belong to Christ Jesus. Are you a new creation woman or a new creation man? Are you going to be a slave to your past, to what others said about you? To your former identity? Many are. You're a slave and a captive to a wrong identity. God wants to straighten you out with a new birth, a new nature, a new name. You are begotten of God. You are His prized possession. You're the apple of His eye. You're engraved in the palm of His hand. Whoever touches you touches Him. He's your rear guard, the lifter of your head, your fortress, your rock, your buckler, your shield. He will never leave you or forsake you. Now rise up with some confidence and say, I'm going to reject that notion of a wrong identity. I'm not who I was. I'm not what I did. I'm who Christ declares me to be the moment I step into Him by faith. I want you to bow your head with me tonight, and I ask you the question again, who are you? If you're a slave to the wrong identity, if you've allowed others to ensnare you, Oh, you are a divorcee. Oh, you're a single parent with no, no husband. Oh, you are uh, an exotic dancer. Oh, you are whatever. You're a minority. You're whatever. I hate these false titles. Oh, no, 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 no. I reject them instantly because I know who I am and who God has made me to be. And the enemy needs to know you're renewing your mind. And if he can get you to think wrong, pretty soon you'll act wrong and you'll be wearing the clothes of a wrong identity. You can get out of those rags tonight, put on the righteousness of God, and stand in a brand new identity. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you're not sure, but you want to be sure, if you've been in bondage to a wrong identity because of a failure in the past, or what someone said about you that had authority, that hasn't got a clue, didn't make you, and does not know what your future holds, then tonight we can shake it off. We can shake it out. We can rise in a brand new identity and a new nature that God puts within you. If I can include you in my prayer tonight, what an honor. I won't come to you, but I want to pray for you. If you're in any of those categories tonight, how about taking a hand and slip it up real high? Let me know to pray for you. Put it up there. God bless you. Come on. Put it up real high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you around this auditorium. Upstairs, I see your hand. God bless you. 
God bless you, God bless you. Listen, you're going to leave here tonight with a new identity and a new nature, and the enemy's going to throw stuff at you. He's going to come against you with circumstances. Well, if I'm prosperous, why am I having a financial problem? To get you to doubt what God said about you. He will supply all my need according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I mean, I have to fight every day. Fight for my children, fight for my wife, fight for my dream, fight for you. It's a fight every day like Nehemiah. We're building and we're battling all the time, but it's a fixed fight. So you need to get strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm going to pray. I pray real simple prayers. And I want everybody to pray so all my friends who lifted a hand can pray aloud too with boldness. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess You are the Son of God. I believe You died for my sins and rose from the dead. Come into my heart tonight as my Savior and Lord. Forgive my sin and give me eternal life. Thank you. It is a gift. It's not of works, lest any man brag. Thank you. I have a hope and a future. Thank you. You are for me, not against me. This night, I reject and cast down every false identity that I've received that contradicts your word. I declare tonight, I am who you declared me to be. I am begotten of God. I am your beloved. You are for me. I have a great future. Thank you. I have victory over the world, over the flesh, and over the devil. And no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I put on the whole armor of God. I renew my mind with your word. I am not intimidated by what I see, nor by what I feel. I am energized. I am made powerful by what your word declares me to be. I am yours in Jesus' name. Now give God a big shout of praise. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For more information on Summit Christian Center and Rick Godwin, visit SummitSA.com and connect with us on social media 